I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah. And the office, you know, the people look at him and just are like, Michael, you can't just say that you declare bankruptcy. He's like, I didn't just say it. I declare. <laughs> Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration, so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We are your hosts, Leo Sabo and David Thompson, and on this episode of Getting Money Right, we're going to talk about bankruptcy. So when we think about bankruptcy, the first thing that comes to my mind is Michael Scott walking through the office of the show, the office, and he stands, I think he stands on a chair, I'm not 100% sure, yeah. but he, he yells out, he says, I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah. And the office, you know, the people look at him and just are like, Michael, you can't just say that you declare bankruptcy. He's like, I didn't just say it. I declare <laughs> bankruptcy. And he yeah. just yells it That's out. That's it. It's over. He, all his debt is gone. <laughs> I, I have declared it. I have declared it. So it, it is, it, that always cracks me up. And bankruptcy is one of those things that I think we have a, uh, this this lofty idea in our mind that it's somehow simple, it's easy, there's a lot of marketing around it, that this is a quick fix for your life, and that this is something that you just jump into, you declare it like Michael Scott did from yep. the office, yep. right? <laughs> it's, you pull the bandaid off, it hurts for a little bit, but then it's done, it's over, and right. you have a fresh start. Right. I agree with you, David. I think that's the thing that, unfortunately, when I see these commercials and I see these ads and I see these organizations that are saying, you know, marketing it that right. way, I know because I've dealt with people that have been through bankruptcy and then I've seen people that have dealt with bankruptcy and then came back and were in the same position. I had to you know, kind of face it again. And there's some statistics about that, that someone who files is, is more likely chance. that they will do it again mm -hmm. because it's not the fix, right? It doesn't solve the real problem of why you got in that place in the first place. Now, there are situations where people get into bankruptcy or are forced into bankruptcy because of medical issues or other things outside of their control, but it's not something that we, most of us, should ever entertain. And this is what we really want to talk about mm -hmm. because I think there's misinformation and this is a big deal. We talk about personal finances. This is one of those things that, just like if you didn't have the proper insurance or if you didn't have the right education about something, it, you could do everything else right, but this one thing can ruin you. So we don't want you to be uninformed because some of the information you have out there, unfortunately, is tainted People stand to make money from it. They're trying to get you to do something. And if you don't understand the downside, the other side of the argument, so to speak, right. uh, it could be very painful for you. So yeah. we want to talk about what that looks like. You've really got to check your heart when it comes to bankruptcy. Um, you shouldn't be trying to pull one over on your creditors, which I know most people who are looking at bankruptcy, that's not their goal. Right. But it is something that you have to take a step back and say, why am I doing this? What's the real motivation um, if you go into debt, you know, if you use somebody else's money to fund your lifestyle or to fund any expense in your life, then there is an obligation to pay it back. Sure. And so this idea of just going into bankruptcy to remove your obligations, you've got to check the heart behind it. There are going to be some very legitimate situations where you are forced into bankruptcy and the creditor is pursuing you to the point where, okay, you are, it's not you choosing bankruptcy, it's you being pushed into it. And so I don't want to, I don't want to put any shame around this, but what I do want you to do is just take a moment and say, why am I looking at this? What yeah. is, what's the heart behind this? What's the reason that I'm here? 
Um, and it's so important that you have the highest level of integrity that you possibly can as you negotiate with creditors, uh, as you potentially look at bankruptcy. It's not something we recommend. It's, it's something that, that we would say most of the time, a very high percentage of the time, you don't need to do it. It's more expensive. It's more painful emotionally, financially, and just across your entire life you can handle a lot of these situations on your own. And so, so don't, don't get caught up in the marketing. <laughs> I agree. And also, you know, we talked about this before, that when you go through something, even if it's difficult, it can actually be very beneficial for you. There's something that you can gain from that that you would not gain otherwise. It's part of growth. No growth, nothing that would make you a better person, whether it's learning something, whether it's improving your health, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, it's going to require work. It's going to require something difficult, something hard, something that's going to make you push beyond it. Bankruptcy kind of plays to that, I don't want to go through the hardship, mm. so I'm just going to give my problem away. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn my back on it, I'm going to push it away, and I'm not going to do it. Now, again, we want to be sensitive to those people that are forced into this. But for those that are making a choice, our recommendation to you is to really, as David said, check your heart. Make sure you're not doing this for the wrong reason because once you've done it, that feeling's not going to go away. Right. That motivation's not going to go away. And we would hate for you to, one, repeat it again or have the same attitude going forward and you know, try to avoid the very consequence that will help you to be a better person. That's right. You know, we're all about living your true life's purpose. And we've said this many times, that this is about contributing to society, contributing to someone, helping someone, working outside of yourself and doing something for someone else. That's what life is really about. Life is not just about self-gratification because we know over time that's actually defeating, you know, the, the, the happiness and the joy that we want in life. It's when you're serving someone else, when you're doing something for someone else, that life has more meaning. And when you begin to take advantage of situations like this by taking the easy way out, those feelings will stay with you. You know, if you've ever cheated someone and you remember that you've cheated someone, there's shame and there's guilt that goes along with that. Now, I think you should forgive yourself. Maybe you go and apologize, but this is a big deal. And we would hate for you to walk into this with eyes closed and just say, if I just you know, blink and pull the Band-Aid off, then I'm done and I can move on. Unfortunately, not. Not only emotionally you'll have to deal with that, but you'll have to deal with the consequences financially. And some of those are going to be you know, long-lasting, unfortunately. One of the important things to realize is that it's not the easy way out that Mm -hmm. it's marketed to be. We're talking about the heart and the motivation, but we also want to talk to you about the practical side of it. We want to talk about chapter seven, uh, chapter 13. We want to get into some of the details. I do want to highlight a few episodes that we've done in the past because you can kind of hear Leo and I's heart on this by seeing just our history of episodes. We did a four-part series uh, on episode 105, 106, 107, 108. And we talked about dealing with debt. We talked about the right way to pay off debt. And that would be aggressive and moving things around and changing some things. We gave you a bunch of good options and ways to do that. Then we went into four options for paying debt. And then we went into working with your creditors to pay off debt. So we went through situations where, let's say you can't make all your payments right now. We went through that in those four episodes. We did a two-episode series on identifying the root cause of your financial problems. Which is so important because if you don't deal with the root cause, you're bound to more than likely repeat it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would hate to see someone that's getting older and doesn't have as much time on the horizon as they do behind them to have to repeat this over and over again or to find themselves in their 60s or 70s you know, with a potential 
bankruptcy or another, you know, upheaval financial. That's just not not good. Yeah. So episode 98 and 99 was identifying the root cause of your financial problems. Mm -hmm. And then we did three episodes, actually four uh, from episode 34 to 37. We did help. I can't pay, you know, my credit card debts, Uh, dealing with dangerous debt, the psychology of credit cards. We've done over 10 episodes around the topic of debt or dealing with the root causes of financial issues. And, and now we're finally doing one on bankruptcy, but it's because we believe there's so many other options. There's so much, mm-hmm. so much that you should look at first. And so go back and if you're considering bankruptcy, go back and listen to what it looks like to work with your creditors to pay off your debt in episode 108. And then go back and listen to 98 and 99 to deal with the root. Mm-hmm. And even if you go through a bankruptcy, still go back and listen to 98 and 99 because yep. you have to deal with the root. So let's look at some statistics, Leo. And and just again, hear our heart. We, we're for you. We want you to, to win. We want to help you through this process. And so we're going to give you a lot of stats and a lot of data on bankruptcy. Yeah. And we're committed to educating you on this. So we're just trying to provide the other side of the argument because unfortunately, when you hear about bankruptcy, nine times out of 10 is going to be, it's the easy way out. It's a new start. And we want you to know that that's actually not all true. So let's talk about what it looks like on the other side. So 95% of bankruptcies are personal bankruptcies. Mm. That makes sense. It's about 5% that are corporate or business related bankruptcies. Mm -hmm. The majority of bankruptcies in America are personal. Now, 60% of people end up filing a chapter seven, and we're going to talk about the difference between chapter seven and chapter 13, and we may even look at a few others. And then this is interesting. I I put all these 60s in here because I saw this over and over again. So 60% filed chapter seven, 60% are related to medical debt, according to the American Journal of Medicine. Mm. So 60% of people that, that go into bankruptcy it's because of medical debt. Now, this is staggering to me because medical debt is probably one of the easiest kinds of debt to work with. Yes. When you're talking about dealing with a creditor, medical debt is usually... Now, that you owe them money. Uh, they provided a service. Mm-hmm. Um, some, some medical institutions are overpriced and not well managed in, in the way they bill. So I will, I will say this. There can be an immediate urge of I'm frustrated with this hospital or I'm frustrated with this doctor because of how the, the medical fees came out. So I understand that pain point. But dealing with an actual medical institution, usually 0% interest or very low interest rates. Mm-hmm. Usually they're not going to push you into bankruptcy. No, or, or take you... To- you know, to a lawsuit. Court. Yeah, right. They won't, they won't That's not the their job. Their job is, is healing people and they have a financial office and a billing office and they have attorneys, you know, that they can access, but, but pursuing people in financial litigation over unpaid medical bills is not their bread and butter. It's not what they do for a living. It's not what they love. What they love is healing people. They love helping people in the hospital, getting them healthy and sending them home. So they will usually work with you. Oh yeah. They'll set up very low cost payment plans. Like it depends on your situation, but you could spend a hundred bucks a month for the next 30 years, depending on what the thing is. It may be 50 bucks a month. It may be 20 bucks a month. They do so much to work with people. So the fact that 60% is medical related is a little bit staggering to me. A few phone calls to the medical system can often help you manage that. It's not going to be easy. It's honestly, anytime you're dealing with money that's owed to somebody, it's never going to be easy. No, of course not. But you can handle it. Now, 60% come from incomes of less than 30,000. So a person has an income of less than 30,000. And that's a, that's a huge deal because 
uh, the big thing is it's usually not a big dollar number of the debt. Lock- you mean the debt, yeah. right? Yeah, it's usually you know ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars at the most. Yeah, and it's something that usually that person could negotiate with their creditors and could walk through and solve and and not have this huge hit on their this ding on their credit report for the rest of their life. This this bankruptcy in their profile, but because of the income being less than thirty thousand, even a little bit of debt can feel like a huge burden. And so we, that's why I'd say go back and listen to those episodes on 105 through 108 to, to know what your rights are and what ability you have to work with your creditors as you go through that process versus just going to bankruptcy. Yeah, I guess, I guess what we're saying is these, these statistics prove that some people are somewhat driven there. Maybe it's medical debt and other things, but, but we want you to know that you are not powerless, that there are other options and it takes effort for you to know, is this the only way? And I know that bankruptcy may sound like the easy thing, but again, if you're trying to do it for the right reason, if your motive is correct, then you should look at what, well, what is the process of bankruptcy? What am I really signing up for? Because I know the ways promoted in the media or through the commercials and the advertising is that it's this easy thing, right? And, and it's it's the Michael Scott thing. I'm going to declare and then <laughs> walk declare away. bankruptcy. <laughs> and believe me, it's nowhere near that fun or that funny. So, um, you know, when you look at the average cost, for instance, of filing, first there's a, about a $200 fee just to file. And then you have attorney's fees. And typically they run somewhere between $1,200 to $3,500. And they could be more. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you don't really have control over that very much. And once you enter this process, it's not like you can say, oh, I changed my mind. That's it. You're going to put some money up front. And most of the time, that money is not available uh, to you because you're in dire straits to begin with. So you're automatically making the situation worse rather than better. Mm -hmm. And we've always said that the cheapest way to handle your debt is to do it yourself Mm -hmm. because it doesn't cost you any money. It may cost you time. Yes, it may cost you having some difficult conversations, but you can do it. You can do it, and it won't cost you a dime. But if you hire somebody it's going to cost you some money. Somebody's going to represent you and they're not going to do it for free. And then the other thing that we talked about just a little bit ago is that when you go through this process, you are bound to repeat it. It's because you're not really solving the real problem. In fact, the statistic says that 16% of all bankruptcies are from repeat filers. So again, it's 16%. Just points to, I yeah. mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty large number mm-hmm. of people that, that of, of the total bankruptcies that happen that are from repeat filers. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. A typical year of bankruptcies, you know, somewhere between six, 700,000 people. Well, if you take 16%, that's let's say 150 to 200,000 people or so. I don't know, somewhere on there. I meant the math's not, not the greatest deceiving for me, but ultimately 100, 150,000 people that are going through it over and over and over again. It's just not a good deal. So uh, those are the, some of the things it's we want to share. It's a cycle, and that's why we say go back to episode 98 and 99 to learn to deal with the, uh, the root cause of those financial issues. Now, let's look at the bankruptcy process because we've already talked about it. it could be $200 just to file, another 1200 to 3500 for the attorney fee. So it's not cheap. It's not free. Um, then this is in Texas. So that's where we are, and Texas actually has probably some of the leanest, the the easiest bankruptcy laws in the country. Mm-hmm. Like it's probably one of the favorable easiest. To favorable to the consumer. To the consumer. Yep. Thank yep. you. So, um, but it's still about 10 different steps that you have to go through. Mm-hmm. You've got to go through and collect all the bankruptcy documents. Got to get those filled out. 
then you have to take credit counseling. Mm -hmm. And so if you think, oh, I'm just going to file this form and walk away. No, there's actual counseling involved. Yeah. There's somebody that's going to dig into your finance and say, hey, what's going on? What? So this is why if you do it on your own or you work with a personal financial coach, it, you can actually go further faster mm -hmm. um, as opposed to going through this whole process. So that was just step two. Then you complete all those bankruptcy forms that you gathered, you began to fill out. You get your filing fee. So again, you're going to have to file and pay for that. Then you've got to print out those forms and physically take them to the local court. You've got to go physically file them with the court. Mm -hmm. You've got to mail those documents to your trustee. You have to take the bankruptcy course. So there's actually a, a course that you've got to go to uh, <laughs> because this is, this is something that the state doesn't want for you either. The government... It, it wants to have a way of protecting you if you get slammed with a million dollars of medical debt or you get slammed with something completely untenable that you will never be able to pay off and your creditors are chasing you and hounding you. They do want to provide a way out. And I think that's healthy and I think it's appropriate. But, but overall, they really want to make sure that if you don't need bankruptcy, you don't pursue it. So they're going to educate you. They're going to put you with a counselor. Um, then you're going to attend your 341 meeting. And that's just because it's in the section mm -hmm, uh, 341. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to go through this meeting again, going through and, and just dealing with all of this in person with somebody, right? It's involved. It's highly <laughs> involved. Very and then involved. you're going to have to deal with kind of all those one-off things. So like your car in some bankruptcies, you can keep your car in some bankruptcies, you can't. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you have to realize if there's equity, what kind of loan you have, it has, it has to be refinanced, if you have to reaffirm the debt on your car. Mm. So maybe they would say, hey, you can't keep your car unless you reaffirm your debt. So that then your, your car debt doesn't go through bankruptcy because you reaffirmed it and you kept it, mm -hmm. right? So it, it's just very interesting. There's, there's 10 steps there. That's just here in Texas. Uh, I believe that it's as complex or more complex in most other states. Yeah. And again, that's the state trying to not make this process easy because they want to educate you so you don't go down this rabbit hole. There's also, of course, the other things that you have to consider. Some people may not know, but there are certain types of deaths that will not be forgiven. Right? Uh, there's also this notion that it, you can file bankruptcy and keep your house. Yes, to a degree you can do that, but understand it's 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 not this clean. I get to keep all my assets and I get to get rid of all my debt. It's not that clean of a process. And as you're going through this, you have to consider that student loans, government debt, like taxes, fines, penalties, child support, none of those things can be dismissed through a, a bankruptcy filing. So if that's the debt that's really causing your issues, they're still going to be there. Mm -hmm. So I think... I don't know the actual numbers. I've done a little bit of research. I look at some of the statistics, but I remember this is going back quite a few years. Uh, Dave Ramsey would, would share this in one of his videos, uh, I think through at Financial Peace University, and or talking about uh, bankruptcy and says like the average person during that time, and this is probably, I want to say around 2006 or eight or something like that. So the average person that was filing bankruptcy had the credit card debt was around $6,800 or something like that. <laughs> so and, less than $7,000. Yeah. Now, right. okay, let's say that was you know, 12, 13, 14 years ago, and maybe that was sure, a lot inflation, more money. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. But can someone deal with six, $7,000 in debt even back then? Yes. So that's what we're really trying to say to you. Let's, let's take a step back a little bit. Let's slow down a bit because a lot of times when this comes to our mind, we want to get rid of it. We want to get rid of it quick. We want to pull the Band-Aid off and not suffer. And I'm not saying that we need to suffer. But we do need to face our 
situation, find out wh whether we've made mistakes, whether it's those root causes or discontent, whatever it is that causes us there, or if it is medical debt, there are other ways to approach it and deal with it rather than taking this drastic step that not only is a difficult process, but it has long-term ramifications. Okay, I've worked with several people that had debt in the tens of thousands of dollars. Okay, not hundreds of thousands, but tens of thousands. And in working with them, you know, they wanted it to end fast. So through the whole process, I felt like I was, you know, uh, like a stagecoach driver with four horses, you know, who were just, you know, trying to get away. And I'm pulling on them. I'm pulling Hold them. On like, slow rides, down, yeah. slow down, slow down. Because every single time they felt the pressure, they wanted to just go off the rails and say, let's just pay it or let's just do this. And I'm like, wait, we have a system here. If we just stick to the system, we'll get there. Don't over, you know, don't push this process because if you do, you're going to make these decisions that are, right. one, in right. haste, and which more than likely that's going to be a bad decision. Um, plus, you're not considering everything. You're not taking the time to think about it. So I think it's so important to slow down. Again, we've done so much work. We went back through and looked at all the notes of these episodes that we just shared with you at the mm -hmm. beginning, and we put a ton of information in there a process of how to talk to your creditors. We have creditor contact letters that you can download from leosabo.com. You can do this. And if you can't do it yourself, you can hire a coach to help you with it. You need somebody to hold you accountable to help you process through it. There are people that can do that. So my point is, it's not something that you should do or take lightly. And you have to consider the consequences of it because there are considerable uh, consequences, especially financially, because... If I am able to negotiate my debt, even if I, let's say some of it is written off because I can't pay it and then they come back and say, hey, give us 20% of what you owe us. Yes, that's going to affect my credit, but it's going to get repaired much faster than having a bankruptcy on my record for seven to 10 years. Right. And this is after it's done, not when I started the process, it's when it's done. So there are more more consequences to it than, than it's trade when when people try to sell you this the consequences are typically heavier than we imagine mm. and and the idea that this is going to be easy and simple it's just a false notion and I, and I we just want to warn you of that so let's talk about chapter 13 versus chapter 7 now there are other types of bankruptcy some for businesses some for very unique situations with like farmers and mm -hmm. so you can if you're in a very unique situation you can look those up we're not going to talk about business bankruptcy today if we ever did that it'd have to be a whole other episode yeah. where we dig into that and you don't need to know those details anyway right so let's look at chapter 13 and this is where the court approves a plan for you actually to repay some or all of the debts that you owe right. over the next three to five years. So they'll look at your budget and they will say, okay, we're going to let you keep you know, some of your assets. We'll let you keep some of the stuff that you have. Uh, we're going to help you bring your mortgage up to date if you were behind on your mortgage. Mm -hmm. But you have to do that. You've got to bring it up to date. Um, and then you agree to this monthly payment plan. And this plan, you've got to follow it strictly. The court orders it. Uh, mm -hmm. It's monitored typically. Yeah. And it's a five-year plan. So we're talking about how, oh, you know, it might take six months to file the paperwork and go through this and go through that. No, no, no. This could be a three to five-year plan where maybe you you were having to pay $1,000 a month in all your debts and you could only afford 500 So now you're paying 500 
and you're stretching out the length of payment three to five years. And at the end of that three to five years, maybe any ex excess would just fall off. So you may end up paying less than you overall owe. That is true. That is possible. That is why it's bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. You may not pay everything you owe, but it's also three to five years on a court monitored plan. Yeah. So don't think that this is just, oh, I had this one time decision. It was quick as easy. I walked away. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the chapter 13. Uh, and I think we said 60% of personal bankruptcy is chapter seven. Mm -hmm. So I'd put about 40% of them at chapter 13. So let's look at chapter seven. Chapter seven means that the court is going to actually go in and start having you sell your assets. Mm -hmm. uh, now, there are some exemptions, especially here in Texas. It's very conservative and very favorable to the consumer, uh, where you could even keep um, an acre of land. You could keep your home. You can keep a few different things. But they're going to sell everything else. They're going to sell these other assets that are not exempt to pay back as much of your debt as possible. And when Leo and I talk about paying off debt, we recommend that you sell stuff and pay yeah. off your debt. Yeah. So don't let the court normal. make you do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just this do is, it yourself. This shouldn't shock you. Like this is you owe money, so therefore sell what yeah. you have. And, and the court's gonna expect that. And the court's gonna expect it. This is so don't feel mad at the court because they're telling you to do that. That's 101 of debt repayment. So then uh, there is a chance that you could lose either your home or some of the equity that you've put into your home because the court may say you're sitting on a $400,000 house or a $200,000 house and you've got a hundred thousand dollars of debt. Like why not use some of the equity in your home to pay off this debt? Yep. Now, again, each state is going to be different here. And so this is where Texas is actually very favorable. And I think that there, the laws that we have here in Texas actually allow you to keep your home and the equity in your home but you would have to either sit down with an attorney or you'd have to go and research this on your own to get 100% legal advice on that. But this kind of bankruptcy, Chapter 7, is going to stay on your credit report for mm -hmm. 10 years. So if anybody looks at your credit report, it's going to say, David Thompson filed for bankruptcy. Leo Sabo filed for bankruptcy. It's going to show them that this is in your past. And when you go to rent or you go to purchase a home or you go to borrow on a car anything in the future, that lender, at least for 10 years, is going to see that mark. And, and let's say you're even just going to rent a home from somebody that is a landlord, an individual landlord. They may look at that and just say, I don't want to deal with the risk. Yeah. This is not something that I want to take on as I rent out my property. You may, that may have been eight years ago in your past and you have you know, wildly changed your finances, wildly improved your life. Yeah, but, but that landlord doesn't know the you. The landlord doesn't know. <laughs> All he knows or she knows is that you have this on your record and you've done it once. Right. And if it was eight years ago, you could say, I've changed. Yeah, but I don't know you. Right. So, so it's will not I take the risk? Them. Right. Mm, probably yeah. not. And it's not wrong of that landlord to have that attitude. Uh, it would, uh, sure, it'd be wonderful if every landlord were to spend, you know, one-on-one -on -one time having coffee with every person that was interviewing and getting to know their background and their story. And if they have, you know, no, it, it doesn't make sense no, not to happen. There's no time it, for Rainbows that. and butterflies, that would be wonderful. But today, that's not going to happen. And so you just have to be aware. There are realities to you having this on your credit report. It doesn't mean, uh, here's the thing. I want to say this. It doesn't change your identity. No. It, it doesn't mean that you're worth less. It doesn't mean that your, your value as a human has gone down in any way. But it is a marker that the world uses to track how you've handled money in the past. And it's going to be a black mark yeah. on your credit report. I think so, it, it, well, and the other thing is it's a, it's a reputation issue. People judge you based on what information they know about you. So in certain situations, 
if, for instance, you apply for a job, they're not supposed to discriminate against you, but there are some jobs, especially financial services like banks and credit unions, that have to run a background check. They have to see if you're the kind of person that could be trusted with actual money, which is not yours. Um, and if you're in financial problems, the chance of you, if you've done something like bankruptcy, of you reaching out and maybe borrowing, I say that in quotes, air quotes, it's much higher. The bank manager or the bank owner doesn't know that if they can trust you or not when they're hiring you. So they're going to gauge by, is this person of good reputation? And the only information they've got, since they don't know you yet, is do you have debt? Do you have debt that's controllable? And have you ever filed bankruptcy or reneged on some of your expenses or your debt? And so, you know, don't get mad at the system. The system is what it is. What we're trying to say to you is this. If you go down the bankruptcy route, you are putting a black mark on your reputation and you're going to be judged that way. People are just going to look and say, gosh, that's that's extreme. You took an extreme step, so you must have been in a bad situation or you must have just said, I don't want to deal with that. I'm giving it to somebody else. I'm a landlord, so I have to judge people that way. And I don't mean that in a harsh way, but I have to determine, is this person going to be a good tenant who's going to take care of my property or is this person going to be a nightmare to work with? And so I do ask, have you ever been evicted? Have you ever filed bankruptcy? And if it's yes, it's an automatic no for me because I've been down that road and I don't like to do it again. It's too painful and too stressful. It's a big risk for a landlord. And so you may be an incredible person and have dealt with that eight years or nine years in your past. But if it's on your credit report, it's going to be something that goes into consideration. So uh, it's important to realize that when you file for bankruptcy, um, this is this is one of the reasons that people do it, is that creditors have to stop calling you to collect money, yeah. uh, at least temporarily. They've got to actually set some limits and say, okay, this person has filed. They're going to the court. Uh, they're they, being represented by an attorney. That's right. Yeah. So the creditors can't write. They can't sue you. Uh, however, even if you declare bankruptcy, the courts can still require you to pay back certain debts. Mm-hmm. So it, sometimes it's like, oh, I'm going to file bankruptcy and not have to deal with any of this. Well, the truth is there are some things that you still may have to pay. Uh, each bankruptcy case is unique and only a court can decide the details of your bankruptcy. Mm. So we're giving you some general advice. It's not specific legal advice, but we want you to have these thoughts as you go through this process or think through this. And, and again, I want to reiterate our highest recommendation is that you go back and listen to episode 105 through 108 and begin learning other strategies to pay off your debt. Mm -hmm. Go back and listen to 98 and 99 and figure out how to identify the roots of your financial problems and pull those roots out of your life. Uh, Don't just mow over it. Don't mow over the weed with a lawnmower. Get in, pull the root out, and throw that weed in the garbage and never have to deal with it again. It won't grow back. So we would say continue your education in paying off debt and work with your creditors if you need to. And we even talk about the pro rata plan and what happens if you can't pay all of your creditors the exact amount you originally owed them. Let's talk through that and let's get educated on that. And and then there will be a very small percentage of people who are forced into bankruptcy by their creditors. And to that I say, I'm grateful that there exists a system where you can go through a court process. You can be assigned a credit counselor. You can sit down in your, you know, 341 meeting, you can go through and actually have a court approved plan that you're not being abused by your creditors. I think that's wonderful. 
but I think it's a very, very small percentage of people that should actually go through this process. And so it is designed to help that small percentage of people. Mm -hmm. But I would say that the majority of our listeners are never going to fall into that category. Yeah. And, and shouldn't consider it. I guess that's really what we're saying is there are so many better options for you to deal with this that's going to be better for you financially, emotionally, and it will end sooner. Believe me, it may seem like this is going to be a forever kind of thing. And that's kind of the the feeling I get from people when I'm coaching them. They just, they think this is never going to end. And I'm like, listen, just start taking these steps and you will be shocked how quickly this will turn around. But in that, in that stressful point, we, we just want the pain to go away. So I understand that. I've been in those shoes where it's like, I just wanted the pain to stop. But we're just saying to you, there are so many different ways to do this. And we've given you an outline. You go to episode 108 and it'll tell you if you're in this situation, do this. If you're in that situation, do that. And you do it that way. And if you need to enlist the help of someone who can walk you through that, well, we've given you the information. We just hope that you would consider that before you consider bankruptcy as the easy option. We just wanted to make sure you understood it's not an easy option road. That's right. So I want to remind you, you should always be going back to the four principles of living on purpose in your finances. You should be spending on purpose, mm -hmm. saving before you spend, building margin into your life so that if an unexpected medical bill or an unexpected debt comes, you yep. have margin, you have finances, and then invest wisely for the long term. So uh, if you're looking to build a budget or you're looking to uh, continue a financial plan, go back and listen to our budgeting episodes. We just finished a whole series on what software would be the best software for you to use. Uh, we talked about YNAB and EveryDollar and Mint, and we broke down what does it look like if you use Excel? What does it look like for every part of your budgeting plan? And we said that you should be assigning every dollar, arranging every expense, allocating it evenly, and then adjusting as necessary. If you're interested in those four budget principles, go back and listen to those episodes. And I just want to say thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Mm -hmm. uh, if you've enjoyed it, please rate, review, and subscribe. If you know somebody who's going through a bankruptcy right now, or they're considering bankruptcy, or they're having a problem paying all their creditors, like let's say they're right in the middle of that. Really, they need to listen to episode 108 if they're dealing with their creditors. But this would be another great episode to just shoot them a text with. This is something you can send to your friends, to your family, to your coworkers. You want to have the right relational equity before you just send them an episode on bankruptcy. Hey, I thought of you when I heard this episode. <laughs> you, you want to be gentle with yes. it. But, but this is such a good resource. This is the kind of thing that somebody that's struggling, they need a little bit of hope. They need a little bit of encouragement. They need to understand the overview of what bankruptcy is. And then they need to make some of the appropriate steps, and this will help them on their journey. So share it with a friend, share it with a, a coworker, or a loved one. And, you know, we'd love to have you be a part of this conversation. So find us on social media, David Thompson and Leo Sabo. You can find us individually. You can find us, if you Google getting money right, I've actually done it a ton of times now, you'll find the podcast in a bunch of different places. You can go to leosabo.com and connect with Leo through his website. We've got the budgeting tools there. You've got the debt reduction tools there. We actually have a debt snowball on leosabo.com that you yep. can download today. You can watch a video of how to use it and you can begin paying off your debt 
that smallest to largest, attacking it aggressively and making a real change and improvement in your finances. You can also check out the show notes on leosebo.com where you can actually read through a lot of the things we talked about and it'll reference the episodes. It'll reference chapter seven, chapter 13. If you were trying to follow along as you're listening and you'd prefer to be able to read a little bit, go check out the show notes. Mm -hmm. And then you can jump over to stewardshippastors.com, which is my website where I help churches and church leaders to understand how to build a stewardship ministry to serve the people in their church in their personal finances, to help them with all the things that we talk about and much, much more. I'm also in the middle of writing a book called Jesus on Money. I found over 800 scriptures where Jesus is talking about provision, good management, having the right heart as a manager, the rewards that are here on earth and in heaven, the identity and calling that we have, what it means to be a good, generous person. And so there's so much wrapped into that book. I'm really excited about it. And so you can Google Jesus on money or go to stewardshippastors.com and pull up more resources there. Find me on social media if you want to see when that's coming out and what that looks like. And I would just say, uh, thank you. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to having you join us next time so that together we can keep getting money right. It will end sooner, believe me. It may seem like this is going to be a forever kind of thing. And that's kind of the, the feeling I get from people when I'm coaching them they just they think this is never going to end and i'm like listen just start taking these steps and you will be shocked how quickly this will turn around <laughs>